0: Welcome to the place where people of faith find real answers. We believe women deserve more than just religious band-aids for their most difficult and destructive relationships. And now for today's episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Hello, I'm Julie Sidenko, here with Hannah, the 34-year-old daughter of Maureen from an earlier episode entitled Free After 41 Years. Hannah wrote a letter about the horrific experience of being raised in the atmosphere of a deeply destructive marriage. In the letter, she calls herself Hope. You'll hear her refer to her uncle, Maureen's brother, who was handicapped and lived with them as Hannah was growing up. Hannah, please read your letter, and then we'll talk a little more about your journey. A quick warning to our listeners, though. Some of this is really hard to hear. Hello,
1: my name is Hope. The story I have to tell isn't a pretty one, but it is one that needs shared. It needs shared so it can help others who are hurting like I was. The church needs to open their eyes and see what really goes on behind closed doors at a Christian, in parentheses, home. My father was one of the pastors at my church. In public, he appeared to be a good Christian man. But what happened in my home was nothing that resembled a good Christian man. My father believed he was God. We were his servants, my mother included. My mom would work hard. She would have to pack lunch for him. And later when she would come back from work or taking care of my uncle or taking care of my grandma, he would be sleeping. If he was working and she couldn't help him, one of us girls would have to get up and take care of his breakfast in the morning and pack his lunch. He would come home and go to the recliner after work. He would sit down and expect us to remove his shoes and hand him a glass of ice water, then giving orders for most of the evening. Nothing we did was ever enough. We always failed him, no matter how hard we tried. He would wake me up at night to make him popcorn or fix some ice water, and my bedroom was on the second floor. It was us kids' job to do the dishes. My dad would sit in the living room and watch TV while we worked. If he heard us break a dish, he would come flying into the kitchen to beat us. Growing up, I hated Sundays. Sundays always meant I was going to get beat. He had a list of impossible rules for church. And after church, he would drill us to see if we were listening. And if he taught that day, he would expect us to tell him how good he did. Then there were the football games. If his team lost, which they usually did, he would be in a foul mood. And you never knew what was coming and when. One of the hardest things is that the Bible was used a lot. I've always been told the Bible is true. What it says, you can always hold on to, but it was used incorrectly. That is something I have to try to weave through, choosing what is true versus and what are not true. I have to figure out how to move the two apart. We were constantly told to turn the other cheek, to forgive and forget. There were all the things we were supposed to do. None of the things he was supposed to do. We were supposed to lay down our lives for others, but that's not actually what the Bible says. He lies about his relationship with God. He lies about loving us. He lies about me not being worthy. I wanted to be good. I wanted to fix my attitude. However that works, go to your room and you do it. I always tried to not provoke my dad in any way, but my oldest brother seemed to enjoy it. He would try to stand up to him and get himself knocked right down. My mom would start screaming and tell us all to run upstairs, and my dad would beat up my brother. My dad always had lots of rules for the table. We had to sit a certain way, no elbows on the table, chew with your mouth closed, and on and on. If we didn't follow, we would get poked with his fork. Well, one day, my oldest brother decided to smart mouth my dad. For my dad, smart mouthing meant saying anything back to him except yes, sir, or having different opinion on anything than him my dad threw his fork all the way to the other end of the table and it stuck in my brother's lip. My dad demanded complete respect and it wasn't given when you did anything wrong, you would get beat. A smack across the face, a smack upside the head, something thrown at you or a spanking, which meant being beat with the paddle, leaving welts you could feel through your clothes even the next day. If we got in dad's way, it was our fault. If he hit or pushed us in anger, it was our fault. My sister had bruises, but that's her fault because she was trying to protect my mom. My dad also enjoyed verbally tearing us apart. I hated even eating in front of my dad because he would let me know I shouldn't be eating that much and talk about how fat I was. No man would ever want me. He always told me. You used to be cute. What happened to you? He made sure I knew my worth, which was nothing. He would call us all stupid and maggots. I tried to tell him, do you know how you make me feel? I got up the courage to say it. You make me feel horrible. It was so hard, but he told me how you feel doesn't matter. You need to not worry about that nonsense. All my life I've been told I'm wrong for feeling hurt, that I'm dramatic. When I'm trying to please my dad, I don't have space for anyone else. My dad feels women are a lower class as is, but if you're fat, that makes you even lower. One time when I was around five, we were working in my grandma's garage and I did something wrong. He picked up the first board he found to beat me with. Unfortunately for me, there was a nail in my end. Of course, this was all my fault because I shouldn't have made him so mad. When I was 21, I made an appointment with a local biblical counselor. I was concerned about his treatment of my younger teenage siblings still in the house. I didn't want something to happen to them. I had talked to my mom, and she said she was finally willing to do something about him. I met with the man, told him about the verbal and physical abuse my dad had done to us. He was very upset and set up an appointment with my mom. My mom decided she couldn't stand up to my dad and basically told him I wasn't telling the truth. I was so hurt. I thought we were finally going to tell the truth. My dad was God. He knew everything. He has no faults. He never admitted he was wrong. If I did or said anything to make him look bad, I was making God look bad. I knew the anger he had and I was afraid.
0: What is it like to
1: read that? (laughs) Really hard. Especially remembering the times when I really tried to talk to him. like one time it was me and my older sister and we sat down and we, I think I was like 12 and I said, I just really want you to understand. Like, I really feel horrible all the time. And this is, and I gave him a list. I said, you make me feel like I have no worth. You make me feel like I don't matter when you say that I'm fat, when you say that I'm stupid, when you say I can't do anything right, it really hurts. You're, like, You're hurting me. And he literally didn't care at all. I was sobbing and he didn't care. He said, but feelings don't matter. And I don't know why you're even telling me this to me and my sister. And then another time it was me and two of my younger siblings. And he just said, we are all dramatic. We all make things up. None of that's true. And we just need to learn to be better. Just, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can do that. When your kid comes to you, but I don't understand how you could do any of those things to a child.
0: I don't understand how your dad's not in jail, Hannah.
1: Because we lied. We were trained to lie.
0: Any memories that stick out to you where you saw what he was doing to your mom and you felt either really angry or just like that is messed up and wrong. Do you have any key memories like that? Or did it just seem normal to you? So you didn't recognize it as wrong? Well, it was definitely
1: normal. Right. It was definitely normal. Did you recognize
0: it as wrong? Or did you think
1: this is the way life is? Yeah. I thought that was the way life was.
0: You thought every family worked like this?
1: Yeah. And I was afraid of men. So I didn't want to go to anybody's house if I knew their dad was going to be home.
0: Because you felt like they were going to be just like your dad? Yeah. Yeah. What were you being taught at church? Did a lot of this stuff impact your relationship with God?
1: My dad's goal, in my opinion, was to convince us that he was God. That's what it and
0: sounds like. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So it was hard to then try to find out what was and what wasn't. And he definitely used scriptures to manipulate and control and to twist. And so
0: It'd even some now- examples read- of that,
1: Hannah. Well, definitely the one about, you're supposed to submit to your husband. So
0: did you believe that what you were being taught and shown was correct?
1: Definitely when I was a child. As an adult, things didn't seem right to me.
0: Unfortunately, as an adult, Hannah married someone who had serious issues as well.
1: Basically my dad's abuse set me up to then be abused. It was really bad. He would just do insane things. He was an alcoholic. He was anorexic. He was addicted to pills. It spiraled. It was like a year and a half into our marriage. Did you have kids with him? I had one kid. And in my opinion, God gave me my son so that I would get out. I never felt like I was worth getting out for. And obviously, I was just supposed to submit and do whatever, But my child wasn't going to live in it. And my child was not going to go through any any of it or anything I went through. So I say that was God's grace was my son.
0: How old was he when you left?
1: Oh, I found out I was pregnant.
0: Oh, so he has never lived under your ex-husband? No. No. Tell me what you would say to a woman who's in a destructive marriage and has children and is being told that a divorce will destroy them. And that the best thing for the kids is for them to stay together. Maybe she's even afraid to leave because you know, I don't know how I'm going to provide for these kids from your perspective and from your experience. And I know that every situation is different, but we've, we've heard a little bit about your story. What is your perspective and what would you want to say to that woman,
1: I would want to say that it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard on the kids, it's going to be hard on you. But that would be the best thing you could do for them. You will save their life because I wouldn't have had to go through everything I went through. I mean, I can't guarantee because who knows, but if I could have seen that it's not okay to allow somebody to treat you like that, it's not okay to use God like this, it's not okay to do these things to children or to your wife then I don't think I would have gone through my hard marriage and had to walk as hard of a road as I did. So it's going to hurt and it's going to hurt them, get him counseling, but get him out. That's what I think. Don't, whatever you have to do. There's always resources. There's help get out.
0: I think it's quite remarkable, especially given the fact that your dad was a pastor, that you're still a Christian because a lot of kids in your situation would say, I don't ever want to even hear the name of God again. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you were able to reconcile God. Why did you let this happen to me? And God, you are not the same as my father. How did you come to that emotionally and mentally and spiritually?
1: It's been a long road. I always knew God's love. And even in the bad moments, I knew he was there. I can remember I would play music, some type of worship music. I can remember hearing those words and holding on to what I would hear in the music. And I always felt closer to God. And I can tell you there were times when things would be bad and I could hide. (laughs) I could listen to my music and I could feel God. And he was there. And even even in the worst, he's always there. And he's not them. Like he, they have the free will, just like we have the free will to make those choices. The one thing that my counselor told me that really just kind of helped separate things even better for me was think about all the abuse that Jesus went through. So he's walked through all of that abuse. So he knows abuse.
0: Yes. And he's
1: felt it. And he didn't leave me. He was there through it all. He doesn't turn away. He doesn't look away he sits with us and he doesn't leave and he's not my dad
0: so you'd never did equate god with being like your dad then
1: no there were some things that blurred for sure and there were some things in the scriptures that would be more confusing or i'd look at like oh i'm just terrible but no he wasn't him
0: i think you said you were like 21 and you tried to get your mom to leave Why do you think it was so hard for her to leave? Because to any common sense person looking from the outside, this is a pretty black and white case where there's plenty of abuse. There's plenty of sexual addiction. There's plenty of control in every way
1: that she needs to go.
0: Why do you think it was so hard for her?
1: One of the reasons is the counseling she had received When she had tried to talk to people about it was that you stay no matter what. And that's not a reason to leave. He's not physically doing anything with anyone. So that means that is not adultery. And marriage is the most important thing. So if you have to be a martyr, that's okay. As long as you save the marriage. I don't think that she felt like she would have had the support to leave him. I think she was scared. And she didn't think she had any worth either. Right. No one else would ever want her. What is she going to do with all these kids? Where is she going to go? She had no support church because the other pastor and the counselors that he had had her talk to all told her the same thing.
0: When she finally left, tell me how that felt.
1: It was in August of 2020. She had discovered more big stuff, and he was at work, and she said, Well, We'll leave tomorrow morning when he leaves for work. So I just started slowly getting some stuff ready because I told her I'd go with her. I said, let's go. My brother lives in Missouri. We can head there. I said, but you can't say anything to him because you know he's going to try to talk you out of it. And he's going to manipulate you and then you won't do it. And so 45 minutes before he was supposed to be home, she says, I can't not tell him. And I said, then go get in the car. So I just grabbed clothes. Threw them in hampers, threw hampers in the car. I put my son and my uncle in the car and we left. And I kept telling her, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. We're going to stop lying. We're going to start telling the truth.
0: It's interesting to me that you had those words and it's not like you were a part of the Conquer journey or the Conquer program. Oh, no, uh -uh, not at all. And yet that's exactly what we teach is you got to have. The truth. You have to have clarity and start telling yourself the truth about your marriage. So I think that's pretty amazing that you had that type of wisdom. And then yeah, she, sure. she left with you, but she didn't stay gone.
1: Right. We stayed at my brother's for a while. And I kept begging her the whole time. I said, you need to just not even talk to them because he's just going to confuse you. He's just going to control you because that's who he is. He's controlling. He's manipulative. You don't talk to him, which I mean, she she did talk to him. And I know, you know, that's hard. Then we went to my sister's in Indiana for two days and he was supposed to be gone when we got back and he was gone. And then he went to a program in Kentucky. He quit a couple of weeks in. And then they started doing marriage counseling with more biblical counselors and I was begging her. I'm like, mom, please, the biblical counseling has not worked your whole marriage, please. But she had to walk her own journey and it was really hard. It was so hard to watch.
0: Tell me what you've had to go through to find some healing. And I know you're still on your journey.
1: Like I told you, I had no value or worth in myself. I still didn't even as an adult. But I valued my child. When everything went down with my parents, it was really hard on him. And I also wanted to help my mom. So I started going to a counselor because I wanted to be able to help them. And she has been a godsend. I have no idea what I would have done without her. She started working with me slowly, (laughs) going through stuff with me and really helping me see what was okay what wasn't okay and my value. I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of being honest and telling the truth. Um, it was really hard because not all my siblings have been ready to do that. Some of my siblings are still not ready to do that. They're not ready to stand on the truth and say what really happened because we were taught loyalty for one thing. And honestly, we were ta- taught to lie because you're not allowed to tell people.
0: Do you see any of your brothers or sisters falling into abusive patterns because of your father's example?
1: I know my brothers don't want to be him, and so they try really hard to not be him.
0: But do they know how to not be him?
1: I don't know. I think all of us should go through some good counseling, personally. I've tried to get some of my siblings and. They haven't gone. One of them has seen like a life coach before. And then my one sister has gone to counseling. But usually, I mean, we're all pretty good about just shoving it down and moving on. But obviously you don't actually heal from that. So it's been really hard opening the wounds and trying to allow God to heal them instead of hiding them.
0: I'm really sorry, Hannah, that you didn't have the childhood that you deserved because you, you are Just as worthy of every other child to have had a safe and loving father who poured into you and you didn't have that.
1: No, not at all.
0: Do you have any relationship with your dad at all anymore? Has there been any kind of reconciliation or repentance on his part?
1: No, I refuse to talk to him at this point. Uh, He's blocked from my phone and he hasn't shown up and tried to talk to me anywhere else. I've been told that he said that he's waiting for me to come repent. And then he's more than willing to restore our relationship when I'm ready to repent.
0: And what are you supposed to repent for?
1: Uh, Because he's my father and I'm being extremely disrespectful and I'm not obeying. And how dare I say or feel anything bad about him? And I'm also, I don't allow him around my child either, obviously. And that's horrible for me to do that, to protect my child from him.
0: How have you been able to deal with that absence in your life? Because it doesn't look like you're ever going to have that again,
1: at least Um, not with him. Definitely not with him. I struggle with trusting church leaders in general. I'm trying to learn that they're not all him. I started going to a new church last May. I sat there listening to the sermons. There's three of them there and waiting. And I've never heard anything that sounded anything like my dad or the other pastor. I've heard nothing but humble, godly men who they just want to do right. They want to love people. So I'm slowly getting more comfortable with them.
0: Did you notice a difference as your mom found Conquer and began to implement some of the teachings that she was learning? Did you see a difference in her?
1: Yes. Before she found Conquer, she was really having a hard time. I was trying to tell her stuff that I knew, but it wasn't working. And then she started meeting with Conquer and uh, the CORE. (laughs) She really held on to that.
0: For our listeners who are not familiar with CORE, it's an acronym. C means I will be courageously committed to the truth. O, I will be open to wise others. R, I will be responsible for myself and respectful of others without dishonoring myself. And E, I will be empathetic without enabling others to continue abusing me.
1: Just so many truths that then she could then, she wrote it lots of places. She journaled it. She (laughs) had different ways of remembering it. But when things were bad, she would say, okay, I'm going to go remember my core. I'm going to be able to walk through this. It's it's not easy, but I'm going to hold on to this and what can I control?
0: Did, did any of that help you as she began to share what she was learning?
1: A lot. Of what she was learning was what I was learning too. So we would compare notes. I'm
0: just going to give you a couple statements and then i to let you go. I want okay. you just to respond when you hear this. Now, these would be from a woman who's in a situation as difficult and destructive as yours or the one your mother was in. My kids are going to be destroyed growing up. In a divorced family. No,
1: they won't be. It's going to hurt them. Like I said, they're going to need support and they're going to need love and counseling, but you're going to save them.
0: I'm not going to be able to provide for my kids the way I am able to with my husband's income. And that's not fair to
1: them. It would be much better for them to be safe, to be loved, to be secure. And there are so many programs out there that you can find help and get yourself on your feet and get help. Like, no, they won't be better.
0: My kids still love their dad. I know he's abusive, but they still love him.
1: They might always love their dad, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, but they need to be removed so they can see the bad and learn not to become that person. You can't control if they love them or not, but you can show them that this is wrong. This is unacceptable and that uh, no one should treat them like that. And they then in turn should never treat anyone like that. What about the fear of, if I divorce
0: and I take these kids, then they're going to have to go visit this man. And I'm not going to have input into
1: the time when they're with him. But you still will have the time you have with them to speak the truth to them. And they'll know that you're going to stand in the light. You're going to stand in the truth. And what happens there is out of my control, but I will continue to give them love, security, truth when I have them.
0: So you're saying they're going to see a difference when they're there versus when they're with their mother and that is something that they need to see
1: and learn. Is
0: that what you're telling me?
1: Yes. They'll be able to learn from the bad they see, and they'll be able to see God in you and the truth. I know that. And they still have that security. If You stay. They're never going to have that security. They're never going to know their value. They're never going to know what's okay and not okay as kids.
0: How are you doing today,
1: Hannah? Today, I'm doing well. I'm walking very closely with God. I homeschool my son. I'm a nurse. I, I work hard and I try to love people. Hannah, I think
0: your wisdom in everything that you've been through is astounding. You have been a leader in your family where your father was not. You need to hold your head high. You really do because <laughs> you've been through hell. and you're nothing like him. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. If you're in a destructive relationship, there is help. If you're in danger, call the Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. If you're looking to do your own work to grow stronger, the Conquer Program, which was mentioned earlier, will be open to new members soon. But right now, you can learn how to implement core strength in your situation by joining a private group led by one of Leslie's coaches. Just go to leslievernick.com forward slash core strength. Well, until next time, may God bless your mind, your heart, and your home.